0: I have an uncle and a cousin who have a Green Bay Packers podcast, and they release episodes twice a week. Wow. So
1: I couldn't even imagine.
0: So they've reached their 100th episode like within a year. And it's, you know, I just can't imagine that kind of pace, but they're constantly in the family chat chain just you know like another episode is dropped and every once in a while I'll be like hey don't forget I also have a podcast
1: (laughs) (laughs) fyi
2: (laughs) welcome back to geek channel 8 I'm Eric I'm Rosie and I'm Johanna And this is our third anniversary show. Woohoo! Not only that, it is also our 100th episode. That's insane. Yeah.
0: Insane. Yeah. Considering this started as just kind of a pandemic project for fun, I I mean, first of all, I'm really glad that this is our 100th episode and the pandemic is pretty far behind us. That is great news.
2: Um, not so far behind us. (laughs) Let me tell you about my week. Oh, no. (laughs) So this is our first week back at work, and I expected to hit the ground running hard. But a a couple of things happened. One, I was set to go in and do a video recording with some people, and I go, I get in my car, dead battery. Oh, no. So I was unable to make that appointment and I had to get my car jumped and all of that. So basically a half of a day got lost to that. Then my wife got COVID. Oh, no. The pandemic is not behind us. I am still testing negative. I don't know if I just have a really good immune system or whatever, but like we eat, sleep, drink, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand how I could not have it, but I don't. Well, at least I haven't tested positive for it yet. I'm still isolating because of it. So that made me have to cancel another recording with the same person. Oh, no. (laughs) And then I was in a Zoom meeting from home and I'm in my office, which is like carpeted and cozy and it's my refuge and it's where I record this podcast. And a mouse runs out. Oh, my. I've never seen a mouse in my house before. That's crazy. I was freaked out. And so throughout the whole Zoom meeting, you see me like looking around on the floor. I saw it two or three times. (laughs) So I bought a mouse trap and stuff like that. I baited it last night and so far nothing.
0: So like a real mouse trap or like a have a heart trap?
2: A real mouse trap. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't have a heart. (laughs) Like, I will, <laughs> I don't like vermin. They need to die. Although I admit they're cute looking, which brings me to the first thing I want to talk about 2024. I think we need a mascot. And oh. we're going to talk a bunch about steamboats today. And I have a mouse in here until further notice. So I thought, what better mascot for us than Steamboat Willie? Like, now in the public domain. Now in the public domain. So yes, we can have a version of Mickey Mouse as our mascot. And it fits us because like we started with, well, Disney's Tarzan was one of the first things we did. So so I'm thinking of putting like Steamboat Willie on all of our stuff for at least for this year, Steamboat Willie <laughs> will be the Geek Channel 8 mascot.
0: Perfect. 100th, 100th year for Disney, 100th episode for us. We get Steamboat Willie.
2: I looked at all the places that we are downloaded and we got a number of downloads from Alabama this year and Alabama is, you know, first alphabetically when it comes to the U S States. So I figured we'll go through if this podcast lasts for 50 years, we'll go through all 50 <laughs> States, <laughs> you know, but we'll, we'll go through other countries too. So today I want to do it focus on Alabama because boy, did Alabama have a big year in 2023. It was the Florida of 2023, <laughs> which we love to make fun of Florida here. Anyway, in January, the Alabama Crimson Tide were on track to win the NCAA championships when not one, not two, but three members of the team were implicated in a homicide. What?
0: what? <laughs> yeah. uh, new, new meaning to roll tide.
2: <laughs> yeah. Also in January... <laughs> The governor of Alabama declared a state of emergency due to tornadoes. February, a Black Hawk helicopter crashed in Alabama, killing two National Guardsmen. It's one of 10 Black Hawk crashes on U.S. soil in just two years, prompting a congressional investigation. I'd say so. March of 2023, the president of the U.S. visited Selma, Alabama on the 58th anniversary of the bloody Sunday attack on civil rights marchers.
1: Mm.
2: Also in March, the governor of Alabama declared a state of emergency due to tornadoes. (laughs) April, I think you guys probably remember this. There was the Sweet 16 birthday party massacre.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. The
2: shooting at the birthday party. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, Alabama I didn't say this was all going to be happy stuff. In June, the U.S. Supreme Court ordered Alabama to redraw voting districts, which violated the Voting Rights Act by being so biased against black voters that there was only one majority black district in the whole state. And keep in mind, this is a state where black people make up over a quarter of the population. Mm -hmm. Then in July, Alabama state legislature redrew the voting map and the new map once again, contained only one majority Black district in the state.
1: <laughs> Son of a bitch.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: How did we even imagine that would happen?
2: <laughs> okay. In August, uh, you may remember this, because this was going to make my memes of the year list. The Alabama riverboat brawl goes <laughs> viral. <laughs> oh With my God, I forgot that was this year. <laughs> yeah. So I told you that steamboats would come back into this. So... <laughs> In September, finally, some good news for Alabama. A video of Lana Del Rey working in an Alabama Waffle House went viral. In October, following the Supreme Court again ordering them to redraw their voting maps, Alabama yet again drew up another biased map with only one majority black district in the whole state. So this is the third attempt. In November... Alabama elections go forward using the illegal voting map. And in December, Alabama was all over the news because it hosted the Republican debates uh, without Republican frontrunner Donald Trump even bothering to show up.
1: I'm keeping my mouth shut so much right now. Anyway.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Favorites of 2023. We're going to talk about our favorite movies, not the ones we did on the podcast, but our favorite movie picks from 2023. Due to the writer's strike, there wasn't a lot of good movies, in my opinion, at least not big mainstream Hollywood ones. But here's my picks for what I think were the best double features (laughs) of 2023, because when it was good enough to go out to the movies, you saw two. Number one is, of course, going to be Barbenheimer, which is the double feature that everyone did last year.
0: Hands down. It was awesome.
2: <laughs> My second pick for best double feature of films from 2023 was Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny and Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Both had this 80s nostalgia going on involving swords and lost relics, the Dial of Destiny and the Tablet of Reawakening, respectively. They might not sound too similar, but they really kind of have a similar feel because Chris Pine was inspired by Harrison Ford's portrayal of Indiana Jones. That's what inspired his performance in Dungeons and Dragons. So once you know it, suddenly you know it. Like Mm -hmm. when you watch that, you're like, oh, he's doing indie. I can tell. (laughs) Also, I got to give a shout out because it's got the ultimate cool girl, Michelle Rodriguez in it. My third pick, I actually talked about going to this double feature on one of our podcasts in 2023. At the drive-in, I saw Fast X and Cocaine Bear. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Fast X was silly, but it had Jason Momoa in a villain role. Always liked Jason Momoa. And of course, also Michelle Rodriguez was in Fast X. So there we go.
0: I'd say actually my favorite double feature for 2023 is just... Killers of the Flower Moon, just like watching the first half of it and then continuing to watch the second half. It's three and a half hours long, so it's basically a double feature on its own, but I thought it was excellent and now available to watch at home. So if you miss seeing it on the big screen, uh, you know, Scorsese delivers and the collaboration that he put in with the Osage Nation is really, I mean, setting setting a new standard for how to go about that kind of storytelling. That's what I would say is my double feature pick. That or um, Wes Anderson released a bunch of Roll Doll shorts on Netflix, and you could marathon those and then watch Asteroid City. How did I not know that? Yeah, they're great. Um, and Ray Fiennes plays Roll Doll in all these shorts, but they're they're very funny, like up to the level of what he did with Fantastic Mr. Fox. So super fun. If you want your Roll Doll fix. Go to Netflix for the Wes Anderson shorts. Do not go see Wonka.
1: My movie picks of the year, number one, Barbie. Loved it. I loved Barbies when I was a kid. And I loved what Margot Robbie did when she was out promoting the film because she actually wore the day to night outfit. She wore the day outfit. She wore the night outfit. All the costumes that they wore in the film, those were all Barbies that came out. Down to a tee. Barbie is as feminist as it comes, and she was always kind of low key feminist. You know, she kind of slid it under the radar and everything. And then when this movie came out, it was like, yeah, we girls can do anything, right, Barbie? <laughs> so that's my number one pick for the year. I also really loved Cocaine Bear. I thought that was hilarious, and uh, Spider Man Across the Universe or Multiverse. And I'm oh, just, I forgot that was this means. year. Yeah, yeah, that was that was great. It was stunning. Just the, the visual effects alone, I really wish I would have been able to watch it in 3D because that just would have been phenomenal. Or in like the IMAX theater. Could you imagine? Yeah. I mean, wow. I have a feeling if I would have watched it in the theater like that, it would have been like like watching Avatar in the IMAX theater like I did when the first one came out originally. Boy, that blew my mind. I could only imagine watching that in the IMAX. Those are my top three picks. I know that they're not like the most intellectual picks, but those were the ones I saw.
0: I'm just remembering the other double feature I went to this summer was Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning and Maverick. And seeing Maverick again in the drive-in might have actually been my favorite experience this year, even though it's not a 2023 film. They brought it back to double feature, just like celebrating all the cruiseness of Tom Cruise. All the cruiseness.
2: (laughs) I am not a big fan of pop music which is weird since I have a pop culture podcast, but I am generally not a big fan of pop, but every so often a pop star comes along that I really like. And 2023, there was one. Olivia Rodrigo released her second album, Guts, and every single song on the album hit the top 100. It was the year of Taylor Swift for everybody else. For me, it was Olivia Rodrigo. And her biggest hit in 2023 was a song called Vampire, which is very appropriate for our podcast right now because (laughs) we're doing an arc on Dracula. Olivia Rodrigo, the album Guts, amazing. That's my pick for music for 2023.
1: So, another surprise about me, yeah, you met me in the punk rock scene, but I love pop music. And I purposely listen to top 40 radio in my car so that I know it's out. And also, it gives me an opportunity to just discuss music with my kids that aren't always into the same type of music that I'm into. When I'm not listening to the radio, I'm often listening to a lot of reggae. I've been listening to a lot of Fortunate Youth, Dubbest, Cashed Out. That's who I've been listening to a lot lately. But as far as top 40 music goes, Man, I love Dua Lipa. I love the stuff she puts out. Her music is just, it's so fun to listen to, and I love to dance to it. It puts me in a good mood. And kudos to Taylor Swift. I don't care what anybody says. I'm just blown away by her and what she has done this past year as far as her Eras tour, as far as getting kids out there to vote, as far as just being influential on, on this next generation to just make a difference and make a move. I liked pretty much everything that she came out with this past year
2: by the way i'll give her credit for that part like i like her activism and stuff like that i think she's great for that i just find her music to be bland and very white bread but every Mm -hmm. time i say that on social media i get swift boated by the swifties um so (laughs) yeah
1: i love uh ed sheeran too i love his music and post malone oh my god i love post malone i love how versatile he is and I love how every time he comes out with a new album, it's a different genre, and somehow it fucking works for him. I love his music so much. It's amazing because like he stopped drinking and became a dad, and his music got even better. And that doesn't always happen. You know, you that so many times through the years. You know, when an artist sobers up, their music just isn't as great. And I hate to say that because you always want to want the best for people. You want them to live a good, healthy life and be the best people they can be for their friends and family and stuff. But oftentimes, it, their music takes it or their, their whatever their craft is kind of takes a dump because of it. But with Post Malone, definitely not the case. He's got years and years and years ahead of him of a great career. And I'm just I, I love him. So that's who I'll focus on this year. So
0: This is kind of borderline whether it counts for 2023 or not, but um, one of the other podcasts I listen to is called Good One. It's a podcast where comedians come on the show and kind of break down their jokes and their approach to joke writing. It's an awesome podcast. And... Around Christmas time of last year, uh, 22 rolling into 23, they had an episode with a comedian named Matt Rogers, who incorporates a lot of songwriting in his podcast. And I'm including it in my top for 2023 because I went back and listened to this several times (laughs) after Christmas ended. But uh, one of his comedic sets involves an impersonation of the Christine Baranski character from The Grinch doing (laughs) a song in the style of Mariah Carey. (laughs) <laughs> and it's amazing. It is so much fun. And so so I definitely recommend checking out this episode of Good One. The episode is like almost two hours long, like almost double the length of the regular episode. But the song, they play in the entirety, and it is very funny. I love song parodies, so... This is, was right at my alley.
1: Oh, I do too. I make, a, I used, to, I, I, well, I still make up songs all the time. You know, I, I'll, I'll put different lyrics to, to different songs. I do it all the time. I do it to people at work, <laughs> I do it to my kids. <laughs>
0: my other top song of 2023 is not a new song, but it's a Spoonful of Sugar from Mary Poppins, uh, which that. is the instant cure for any of my daughter's complaints. Eleanor was born in September. And I think since that time, I have sung Spoonful of Sugar like easily 400 times. So <laughs> got to give a shout out to Julie Andrews and the Sherman Brothers on that
1: one. <laughs> Definitely. Books.
0: I just finished, uh, and I confess I listened to this on audiobook, but I just finished listening to Doppelganger by Naomi Klein. And it's a really interesting take on kind of a a unique to 21st century problem, where she's been confused with Naomi Wolf, who used to be a big time feminist and then has gone way off the deep end as a COVID conspiracist right wing Trump supporter type. And because she has the same first name, people are constantly going on Twitter attacking Naomi Klein, thinking she's Naomi Wolf. So Naomi Klein wrote a book about this and goes into Kind of how our digital selves are sort of like a doppelganger for our real selves. But then she spends a lot of time talking about doppelgangers in literature and film, which was super cool. So highly recommend Doppelganger.
2: TV. Due to the writer's strike, there weren't a lot of good new TV shows coming out. I picked one that's from the UK, which I mentioned on the show before, because the UK writers weren't on strike. Kunk on Earth. The mockumentary (laughs) about Wilhelmina Kunk, interviewing various archaeologists and historians and stuff like that, and uh, not knowing anything about history. But, you know, surprise, surprise, we're semi-history podcast. So, yeah, that's my choice. Slow horses. My man, Gary Oldman.
0: Everyone! Definitely, definitely my pick for the year. Uh, They're now in their third season and show is still great. Uh, highly recommend slow horses.
1: I highly recommend bodies. I'm not even finished with the series yet. It's on Netflix and it is so good. It is so good. And it's, it's a mind fuck. It's really good. Watch it.
2: Awesome. Next comics. I am going to mention one that I mentioned earlier on the show, which is captain Marvel, uh, specifically the revenge of the brood story arc which was like issue number 42 through 48 it guest stars the x men it it is got a very classic x men feel to it which i loved it took me back to my early days reading comics memes trending on social media
1: <laughs> oh my gosh all the memes all the memes um i well i was really i was bigger into reels this year than memes however All of the folding chair memes from the Alabama brawl. That was probably my favorite meme of the year. What were all of the folding chair memes from the Alabama brawl?
2: Yeah, There's a reason Alabama made our history segment.
1: Yeah. I
2: felt like it brought the country together.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think the meme we use most often in my household is, um, yes, officer, this one right here that seems to get invoked all the time, either due to parenting negligence that my son identifies early (laughs) before it happens, (laughs) or, um, or sometimes the other way around things that Finn is about to say or do that. I, I am going to call him out on.
2: Oh, okay. So it's parenting advice of Finn. I thought you were taking parenting advice of Eleanor from Finn. And I was like, Oh God, you really need help. (laughs) No,
0: no, no, it's no, it's, it's usually, um, so the one of the times this was evoked recently was um, at the beginning of the school year, I was telling Finn that he should consider going clothes shopping with me because, you know, starting high school is a time to kind of remake your look and, you know, be another person. And so I started telling him this story about how when I started high school, I uh, spent the first two weeks wearing a push-up bra that was like C cup and I barely had double A's like I so I'd left middle school at double A's and tried going to high school with C cups and I was explaining this to Finn about like you know this isn't a great example of this but this was something I tried to do and Finn was listening to this story and at the end of it he said this one right here officer <laughs> so it was anyway we evoke memes in IRL all the time
2: so my meme of the year for 2023 Is a trend on TikTok where women were asking their boyfriends or husbands how often they think about the Roman Empire. (laughs) Now, in my household, this took on a whole new dimension because my wife is a Latin professor. So, (laughs) So I answered this basically like, you know, actually, I think about the Republic the Roman Republic far more often than I think about the empire, you know, <laughs> I think that that's like a sidestepping of the issue, <laughs> but um, that's true. That was true for me in 2023 for all of 2023. I think about the Roman Republic fairly frequently until Trump literally said he wanted to be a dictator, like just <laughs> out and out said it. And so I'm yeah. like, okay, then that got me thinking about the Roman empire again. Um <laughs> And I want to give a special shout out to Saturday Night Live, SNL's hilarious sketch based on this with, again, Jason Momoa.
0: I almost mentioned this in the music segment as one of my favorite songs from 2023. I thought they did a great job with that musical parody.
2: Yeah, I'm adding it to my music playlist. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay, uh, so if you haven't seen it, um, it's on YouTube. Go check it out. Show starts in nine minutes.
1: Here's a new taste treat, the corn dog. Plump, juicy wieners are dipped in a thick, golden southern style corn batter that seals in all their freshness and flavor. If you like hot dogs, you'll love corn dogs. Everybody does. Try a corn dog with your favorite beverage. At the refreshment corner now. Corn dogs.
2: I, I can see the fear in your eyes Rosie <laughs> don't worry what going to the lobby means this time is food news and treads from 2023 I did this last time around too
1: yep I listened to that episode actually yesterday I was I was listening to our past episodes and I listened to our two-year anniversary yesterday and kudos to you you actually you did a you did a great job on that well thank you You're hopefully welcome. I'll
2: do a great job here because I'm about to like take the mic and run with it
1: do it. Make it happen.
2: If it seems like a ton of these are about food made at home or fast food, that's not an accident. Because with tons of restaurants that went out of business during the pandemic, it's been ridiculous. Getting a reservation at the remaining restaurants is nearly impossible in places like New York City. So now apps are springing up, which are charging people to make reservations. You know, charges in the hundreds of dollars for a reservation alone, that doesn't go toward the meal. You know, that's just for the reservation at some restaurants in New York and their bots that are snapping up available tables. You combine that with runaway inflation and the fact that tipping has gotten so out of control. Like I went to pick up carry out last night and they wanted me to tip. And I'm like, no, you know, it's like (laughs) I'm, I'm finally putting my foot down. I did this during the pandemic. I did it for two or three years. I will tip when I'm dining in. For the server who's been on their feet all day taking stuff. But the person that's standing there like with the bag and handing it to you. No, that's not. that's. And the tip, bottom of the tip, like choices started at 18% on the mm-hmm. little card reader thing. nuts.
1: They used to reserve that for tables of eight or more. And now they just do it for everything.
2: I'm like, I am putting my foot down when it comes to tipping. I'm just not going to do it for stuff like that. I will continue to do it where we traditionally do it in America, which is also stupid, by the way. It prevents us. I have a ton of reasons why I think tipping is stupid. Nobody does it in the rest of the world.
1: Yeah, it keeps poor people poor. Don't get me started because I used to wait tables. Me too.
0: I make an exception for people with whom I am on a name basis yeah so like the guys who run the marsh brothers deli down the street who make this amazing tomato sausage breakfast sandwich with sriracha like when i call them and i'm like it's johanna and they say two double nickels right and i'm like yes that's it and then you know like those guys i tip those guys because oh yeah i want them to stay in business desperately
2: (laughs) i'm not gonna go on a big rant on this podcast about tipping, but I have about a hundred reasons why it's bad. And if you travel anywhere else in the world, it's not normal. Like it, it's, it's only in the U S. Okay. So let's get into the trends. This is a top 10 list. I'm going to start with number 10 in March, according to Bon Appetit magazine or website, they reported that scientists made a meatball using mammoth DNA Ugh. and <laughs> n- nobody wanted to eat it.
1: Gee, I wonder why. Who would want to eat an ancient meatball? I mean, that, that, that just automatically makes me think, how old and gross would this meat actually be? No, 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 no. They cloned it. I know they cloned it, <laughs> but it still came from an ancient animal. And I think that's why it creeps people out. Because it's like, well, what would it really taste like? Which it probably tastes like chicken, because everything tastes like chicken anyway.
2: <laughs> okay, number nine, um, this summer, big milk went on the attack with PR campaigns in an attempt to force the FDA to enforce stricter regulations against non-dairy milks. I don't know if you guys remember that, but like there were congressional-like discussions about this. Number eight, TikTok, of course. There's going to be a lot of TikTok trends here. McDonald's grimace shake became the center of a viral TikTok trend where people tried them and pretended to die. And I think it was supposed (laughs) to be like it's to die for. Uh, Grimace also somehow became an LGBTQ icon in all of this. Don't ask me the ways of TikTok. <laughs> I do not understand. Number seven, despite the fact that Morton's salt has been being sold in cardboard containers for well over a century, in 2023 a TikTok video revealed to many for the first time that it has a built-in shaker. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Number six, the hashtag tinned fish trended on TikTok, making tin to table fish a thing.
0: Yeah, it's become a thing in our house. I don't know how.
2: (laughs) Ew.
1: (laughs) Don't get me wrong, I love fish, but ew.
2: Number five, stupid ice cream sandwiches. Basically, first came the homemade fruit roll up ice cream sandwich which is every bit as messy as it sounds. And then the McDonald's drive through hash brown McFlurry sandwich, which you have to go through the drive through twice, once right before breakfast ends to get the hash browns, and then get back in the drive through line for lunch and get a McFlurry. And that's assuming... You have a McDonald's where the ice cream machine isn't broken always. (laughs) And you make a a sandwich even messier than the fruit roll-up sandwich. Why this is a thing? Again, ask the kids on TikTok.
1: Hey, the McDonald's ice cream machine being broken, I think, is the meme of the century.
2: (laughs) Uh, Number four, Cowboy Candy was trending. That's uh, Candied Jalapenos. Mm -hmm. Pass. Number three, pickle in the blanket. This is basically a pickle wrapped and fried on a slice of provolone cheese.
1: Hmm.
2: Speaking of cheese, number two, cottage cheese made a huge comeback thanks to cottage cheese ice cream and the, I'm not making this up, mustard and cottage cheese diet trends on TikTok. Hard no on that one. Number one, girl food was in with Barbie (laughs) pink everything. And then the top TikTok trend with 2.8 billion with a B views was girl dinner, which that trend apparently is just women eating random shit. Basically, what we do on this show all the time. I don't know. It's like, oh, it's like I'm having like hummus and carrots for dinner. Girl dinner. Hashtag. You know, I'm like, okay, you know.
1: I call that. It's a night where I don't want to cook, so I'm going to grab whatever's available. Girl dinner.
2: Yeah. Okay, so let's jump into talking about our shows in particular. I'm going to run down the top 10 episodes of 2023. Number 10 was Jason X. Number 9 was Moonraker. Number 8 was Dungeons & Dragons. Number 7 was Conan the Barbarian. Number 6 was Wednesday Addams in the 90s and 2000s. Number five was Record of Lotus War Part 2. Number four was Quarter mass Conclusion. Number three was Record of Lotus War Part 1. And then the top two, this proves that we're at our best when we're talking about bad movies. Number two was Hellraiser <laughs> Bloodline. Yes. And number one was Masters of the Universe.
1: Nice. I really liked that episode, too. I was listening to that yesterday and I was like, man, I'm sorry I missed
2: out on that one. All right. I'm going to start running down the episodes that we did in 2023. The first one that we started off the year with was Red Sun, which was actually something that Rosie and I recorded way back in 2020. And then it just didn't get released until 2023. And I still enjoy it. I'm still happy we did that film. Yeah, it was a good one. Mm -hmm. I was sorry to miss it. Uh, yeah, that that actually predates the first time you ever came into the show. Yeah, that was right after I started with the show. Then after that, there was *Largent*. So this is a French film that what I really liked about this is Rosie blew my mind with an interpretation of the ending that I think was spot on, but I totally went over my head at the time. Thank you. Then we had. Our guest, Anthony Tank Mansfield, on for two Conan films. Conan the Barbarian, Conan the Destroyer.
1: I listened to those yesterday, too. And I got to tell you, man, those were great. Very entertaining. They were funny. And uh, I'm really glad we had them on. I hope we can do some more stuff with them in the future.
2: Yeah, I, I hope to have him back on again at some point. This was part of a, an arc that was inspired by Johanna, which was... A Dungeons and Dragons themed arc. So it was movies that were inspired by or helped to inspire Dungeons and Dragons, the game. So after the two Conan films, there was The Sword and the Sorcerer, and then Masters of the Universe, Fire and Ice, and then Dungeons and Dragons, the 2000 film. I got to call out Masters of the Universe on this because it is our top, not only our top downloaded podcast of 2023, it has taken first place in top downloaded podcast of all the podcasts we've done.
1: Oh, awesome. Wow.
2: It's Frank Langella. Like, that's what I think of when I think of that film. Not He-Man. I think of the guy that played Skeletor and took the movie seriously <laughs> it, even when it was patently obvious from the costumes from everybody around him like from that everybody else was either phoning it in or fairly bad at what they were doing and he he just did not care he was going down with the ship
0: <laughs> yeah i i'm looking back at my notes for this and one of the things that I had forgotten about this film was that they let the producers have a lot of artistic control which is why it feels like the whole film was brought to you by Mattel like the whole (laughs) film designed around how to make awesome action figures out of it so um yeah just just fun when they get to lean into that so blatantly
1: that era of entertainment it just seemed to me that every time a new toy came out there was a tv show or a movie to go along with it it was like that was a whole era of the entertainment industry and the toy industry working hand in hand to just become a money machine
2: it's because of the success of star wars like star wars was the first one that was like "Ah, let's let's tie into toys and suddenly like people were like that's a thing look at how much Mm -hmm. money they're making doing that you Mm -hmm. know
0: that and like Star Wars, there's a certain operaticness about Masters of the Universe. Like movies now, the stakes are ridiculously high, but the dialogue is really kind of cheap and sarcastic and cynical and self knowing. And there's a wonderful lack of all of that in Masters of the Universe. Like one of the lines that I picked out
1: Tell me about the loneliness of good, He Man. Is it equal? To the loneliness of evil.
0: Is it equal equal to the the loneliness loneliness of evil? evil? Yeah, it's just like (laughs) lines like that are are like perfectly over the top in a way that matches the stakes of the movie, so that you can really get into it. And I, I think. You know, even though you can kind of laugh at the campiness of Masters of the Universe, at least it is in balance in a way that action movies today feel out of balance. The stakes are like, all of existence will cease to be. And meanwhile, we're going to make jokes about like your armor being too tight. And it's like, okay, guys, you lost me.
2: (laughs) I also need to shout out to Bill Timoney, who came on our show when we did Record of Lotus War, my pick for the best Dungeons and Dragons films, although it was an anime series. Um, Maybe uh, let us know if you enjoyed that. It was one of our top downloaded shows. So if you enjoyed it, we will have Bill back on and talk about one of his other projects. Then we started our next major arc, which was. Wednesday Adams. Hell yeah! Because of the new Wednesday Netflix series, we started back. Uh, this was mostly me and Rosie. This was Rosie's idea. Uh, it was the Adams family in the the 60s TV show, the 70s animated show, which was based on Roller Derby. <laughs> the episode we watched. The uh, we talked a little bit about Wednesday Adams in the Adams films of the 90s and the Adams family. TV show that was short-lived in the 90s and uh, the 2000s, specifically the adult Wednesday web series, unofficial. And then, of course, we did uh, an episode on Wednesday, the Netflix series.
1: I am just glad that we covered Wednesday. It needed to be done. <laughs> I love Wednesday. I love The Addams Family. That's that's one of my all-time favorite series so i was really happy that we were able to cover that this year
2: well jenna ortega was recently nearby here filming beetlejuice 2 and by nearby i mean 20 minutes from my house and i think they're back to shooting season 2 of wednesday so we'll probably be seeing that in late 24 or early 25
1: Mm -hmm. i can't wait till beetlejuice 2 comes out i'm so excited about that
2: (laughs) i'm gonna skip past most of the equator mass stuff because neither of you guys were with me for that but i'll say shout out to john zanardelli who joined me for that he always wanted to do some hammer stuff and so that was our first hammer horror and then we dove into another arc and this one was leading up to james bond and this was our attempt to get back on track with james bond in ian fleming bond order which was uh, to get to Live and Let Die. But in order to get to Live and Let Die, we first had to introduce Roger Moore, and we did so through the series The Saint.
0: Of the things that we did in 23, I was really glad we did that arc because before watching The Saint and watching Live and Let Die with the new context of fitting that in with exploitation cinema, Roger Moore was definitely like my least favorite bond. I just like, I thought he was silly. I thought he was a fop, like just, he was not for me. And now after, after going through that arc, he might make the top three, might make the top three bonds for me. I'm not going to say which one, but top three.
2: I have also had a recent reassessment of Roger Moore. He was not in my top couple of bonds, maybe not even in my top three bonds, but now he probably is. Since he passed away, I've been reevaluating his work. We watched The Man Who Haunted Himself, which is, was his favorite film that he made, not a Bond film. But, and uh, I should also mention we watched Shaft and Shaft's Big Score, which originally, Johanna's like, why are we watching Shaft movies before we watch Bond? What's this got to do with Bond? And I'm like, you'll see. Just wait till we get to live and let die.
1: <laughs> what Shaft um, got to do with it? Yeah,
2: shut your mouth anyway
1: he's a bad mother shut your mouth
2: (laughs) and uh yeah so we had to follow up live and let die with what comes naturally next in ian fleming bond order which is moonraker i did not have a greater appreciation for moonraker than i did the first time i saw it although again i did for roger moore however reading the book I did, and as we said in the episode, please remake this now. (laughs) Star Wars was hot, so they're like, okay, let's make a sci-fi bond, and that logically meant Moonraker, and (laughs) I want to see a sci-fi bond again. I want to see Moonraker in particular, especially given, you know, that the similarity between Drax, the villain in it, and um,
0: Elon Musk. Yikes. (laughs)
2: Yes. Moonraker led us into when franchises go to space. So there was basically James Bond in space, then Jason in space, and then Pinhead from the Hellraiser series in space. These, of course, were not the greatest films. No, they were not. (laughs) But boy, were they fun. Yeah. Particularly Jason X, I was in. As soon as I found out that it was going to be a cyborg Jason, I'm like, I am in. I, (laughs) You know, we had gotten pretty weird with Hellraiser Bloodline. It is a weird film. And so that led us into a trilogy of weird films. Hellraiser Bloodline, followed by Hausu, or just called House. That movie was so weird. Psychedelic Japanese horror film. And uh, Forbidden Zone, which is um, wasn't his name, Richard, Danny Elfman's brother
0: yeah
2: his uh his weird art project with the uh Knights of Oingo Boingo <laughs> Forbidden Zone that was weird
0: i know we're jumping ahead a little bit to like least favorite movie that we watched in 2023 but Forbidden Zone is probably my least favorite i like weird but disgusting and weird is not my favorite place to be i will i will just say that like i can appreciate it as art and that art is allowed to be disgusting and sometimes great art is disgusting but i do not consider this film great art and i did not enjoy it
2: okay <laughs> well then let's uh l- l- so since you opened that can of worms rosie what do you think was the worst movie that we watched in 2023
1: oh gosh uh, probably how soon how sue? Hal sue? Yeah, it was probably my least favorite just because it was so weird and it was so hard to follow. Uh, well, kind of hard to follow. It just was so weird. and, it, and uh, We did much better films uh, throughout the year. Out of the ones that, that I was able to participate in, that was my least favorite.
2: We hit the trilogy then because for me it was Hellraiser Bloodline. <laughs> that was my second least favorite. Basically, Hellraiser Bloodline, How Su and Forbidden Zone was a dark time for us (laughs) back in November. Let's just finish out the year with what we did in December, late November and early December, which was we had Jason Staley of the super Satan show on Satan, the devil. So we did the devils, which is a Ken Russell film. And I am glad we watched that. I don't know if I'll ever watch that movie again, but it was definitely worth the watch. It was definitely weird. It was definitely impactful in a sort of crucible sort of way. (laughs) We followed that up with another Ken Russell film, which is a Bram Stoker adaptation kicking off our current arc. And that was Lair of the White Worm. Which I loved. Oh gosh, that was so much fun. (laughs) That was fun. That was maybe one of the funnest films we did in 2023. And then of course we ended the year with Bella Lugosi* dracula i'd been intending us to get to universal monsters sooner or later and we finally did it in at the end of our second year uh so there will be more universal monsters coming in the future guys so don't i'm excited worry about that and Heck of course yeah. there's more dracula to come uh we've waited long enough i'm going to run down our most popular countries and most popular states where we've been downloaded in sweet because we did that last time and i'll let you know this time now Most popular U.S. states, we exclude Ohio, Kentucky, Vermont, and New Hampshire, because that's where we're from. And so those skew higher because of family and friends and stuff like that. So this is excluding those states. Number 10, Massachusetts. Number nine, Pennsylvania. Number eight, Iowa. Number seven, California. Number six, Virginia. Number five, Texas. Number four, Connecticut. Number three, New Jersey. Number two, Illinois. And number one state we've been most downloaded in. Guys have a guess? Alabama. One guess for Alabama. How about you, Johanna?
0: Uh... All right, I'm going to go way out in left field. Montana.
2: No, and in fact, Montana remains one of the only states we've never been downloaded in, I think.
0: Oh, Montana. All right. I'm going to make that my project for 2024.
2: There's only a few states we've never been downloaded in, and I think Montana, and if we were, it was like way at the beginning. Number one, we make fun of them all the time on the show, so I'm surprised we're popular there, but Florida. (laughs) Florida is our number one state that we're downloaded in.
1: Florida gives us so much material though. I know. They write their
2: own jokes. They do. They do. For countries, we exclude the USA because it's going to skew because that's where we are. So the top 10 outside of the U S number 10, the Netherlands number nine, Italy number eight, Greece number seven, Mexico. Number six, Thailand. Number five, Singapore. Number four, Germany. Number three, Canada. Number two, the UK. Anyone want to guess what number one is? Still France? Yeah, the place we make fun of, too. So <laughs> I don't let st- like I've actually cut stuff out of the, the podcast before. I'm like, oh, we can't say that. We don't want to offend all of France again. But somehow <laughs> we make jokes about France and Florida all the time. Yet we're popular there. Go figure. Bonjour. That's that's my stats for 2023.
1: I liked it when you guys went into talking about how you don't understand how He-Man is a gay icon. That one cracked me up so hard. Because <laughs> I don't understand it either. <laughs> it, but I love it.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I get it on a superficial level. Like, you know, buff shirtless male. I get that With the Dutch boy but... haircut? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly makes more sense than Grimace, which... How the hell that happened, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know either. I don't get it.
0: I loved just kind of living in the D&D world for, you know, a few months. I mean, it was great just watching all those films in a row while I was in the middle of a campaign. It was super fun. And I loved ripping Jeremy Irons to pieces, even, even though he's one of my favorite actors. Like, I greatly enjoyed just skewering him together with you all.
2: Yeah, no, I'm still trying to figure out the Jeremy Irons homepage uh, (laughs) mystery. Yeah, (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, no signs of any long term preference for Jeremy Irons over me in my marriage with Matthew, but I'll keep you all posted on that.
2: (laughs) All right. Uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up for our third anniversary and our 100th episode. Hopefully, there'll be many more to come. If you have anything you want to tell us about what we did right or what we did wrong in 2023, you can write us at GC8 Podcast. That's all one word, letter G, letter C, and the number eight. Podcast at gmail.com. Here's to another year. Cheers to another year. (laughs) Happy 2024. Until next time, this is Eric. This is Rosie. This is Johanna. Signing off. Of places for them to hide. But like I said, this mouse was like just walking out, you know, and I'm like, hey, hey, have <laughs> what some. What are you even doing here? <laughs> have the decency to at least be scared of humans, you know?
1: <laughs> Mouses give zero fucks. <laughs> yeah.